What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week 10 start sits at the wide receiver position. So listing every fantasy relevant wide receiver as either a start sit or a fringe option. So a great play, a guy you want on your bench or like a flex wide receiver three option. While you guys are watching, if you enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. If you guys have any questions, you can drop them down below and I will get back to every single person. It could be waiver wire. It could be start sit. It could be trade advice. I will make sure to get back to you. And then before I jump into the first matchup, I want to talk to you guys about underdog fantasy football because they have some uh, over-unders that are already up for the Thursday night game with the Falcons taking on the Panthers. If you guys use code Quinn or use the link in the description, they will double your first deposit up to $100. And one of the props that I'm looking at for that Thursday night game is the Cordero Patterson 52 and a half rushing yards. For me, I'm going to be looking at the uh, higher or the over on that one. Cordero Patterson had his first game back off of IR. He didn't have a huge workload in terms of snap share, but he had 13 carries in his first game back. Looking at the Panthers, they've allowed the fifth most rushing yards per game in the NFL. So you have a strong matchup. You have an opponent where they're probably going to be able to stay in a run-heavy game script throughout the entire game. I'm expecting Patterson to build on that you know, original workload in his second game back. So I like the over there on Patterson. So if you want to you know, look at that prop, Look at some of the other ones. You know, they already have uh, DJ Moore, Mariota, you know, all these guys, they have their props up. So go check that out on Underdog. But now actually looking at that game with the wide receivers, we have the Falcons taking on the Panthers. For the Falcons, you know, Drake London, incredibly talented, just not fantasy relevant at this point. For the Panthers, I have DJ Moore listed as a start and then Terrace Marshall as a sit. Now here for DJ Moore, we saw him come back down to earth after two big games back-to-back only had two receptions for 24 yards. And I was a little concerned for DJ Moore after that game where we see PJ Walker get benched, Baker Mayfield comes back in. We know that when Baker has been the quarterback, DJ Moore has just not been supported with Walker in his two starts, or I guess, you know, two starts before this one where he got benched. Um, DJ Moore had been, you know, getting peppered with targets. He was the clear number one and Walker was feeding him. But they have announced that PJ Walker will be getting the start on Thursday Night Football. Now, I'm not sure what the likelihood is that he actually finishes that start. I mean, we could see Baker, we could see Sam Darnold. They basically have like three non-starter quality quarterbacks in that room. So not exactly great for DJ Moore, but the fact that Walker is getting the start, it makes me feel you know a little more comfortable at playing him. Plus the Falcons have allowed the second most points per game to the wide receiver position. So I think he's a start. And then sitting Terrace Marshall, who you know, like dynasty wise is showing some life for redraft, just not someone we can be trusting. Now, moving over to the game in Germany, we have the Seahawks taking on the Buccaneers. I think both these teams have just like two stud top two wide receivers. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are starts for the Seahawks. And then Mike Evans and Chris Godwin locked in starts for the Buccaneers. Then we have the Vikings taking on the Bills. For the Vikings, we're obviously rolling with Justin Jefferson as a start. I have Adam Thielen here as a fringe option. He hasn't been overly impressive so far this season. Not exactly an easy matchup here against the Bills. So I think he's an okay flex wide receiver three play, but not someone who I love to be like one of my top two wide receivers. On the other side with the Bills, obviously we have Stephon Diggs as a very strong start. I think Gabe Davis is very close to a fringe play, but with Gabe Davis, if he's, you know, like your number two, you're just going to be playing him. If he's your number three, number four, you're going to be having to pick your matchups here. I think this is a decent matchup to play Gabe Davis. 
The Vikings have been given up a decent amount of points per game to the wide receiver position. So this could be one of those Gabe Davis boom weeks and then sitting Isaiah McKenzie out of the slot for the Bills. Now moving over to a divisional matchup between the Lions and the Bears, starting off with the Lions. Amon Ra St. Brown, I obviously have him as a start. Now I talked about Amon Ra as a trade target, someone I'm trying to buy low on heading into week 10. And I'm going to be honest, some of the comments I saw in that video, we had people pushing back about how Amon Ra, you know, isn't a good buy low. He doesn't have any upside. He's on the Lions. Jared Goff is his quarterback. You know, like people were throwing out all kinds of excuses here. The first one I want to hit is just the Detroit Lions one. If we're ever saying, I don't like this player because he's on this team, it's just a terrible argument. Like straight up, I'm sorry. This is what people were saying about Brees Hall. Oh, he's a Jet. The Jets are terrible. Yeah, sometimes you have a talented player. They overcome the situation. Oh, he's on the Jaguars. Travis Etienne, balling out. Just because you're on a bad team or a team that has been historically bad doesn't mean you can't have upside. And then the fact that like Goff can't support Amon Rossing Brown, first off, Obviously, it's a different system. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup would like to, you know, talk on that point because they had both finished as top 12 wide receivers with Goff. And then we look at Amon Ra over his stretch the last six games of last season. Like Goff was supporting him just fine. We're looking at the volume. The Lions are above average in like passing yards per game. So there is more than enough opportunity here for Amon Ra. So I just want to push back on that because I saw a lot of comments. So I'm just, you know, trying to put that out there. You know, obviously everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but I just felt like it was a lot of those like cherry pick narratives where it's pretty easy to disprove, right? Like it's not like people making arguments with, you know, statistics, all this stuff. It's just like, you know, oh, he's on a bad team. His quarterback sucks. It's like stuff that really isn't, you know, predictive of the future. So that's my, uh, you know, two cents there on Amon Ra, I guess, you know, doubling down on him as a buy low option. Now looking at the Bears, I actually think Darnell Mooney has kind of, you know, quietly crept up and become relevant moving forward. Over his last six games, he's averaging 12 points per game, 6.8 targets per game, 63 receiving yards. I think he's a back-end wide receiver three moving forward. It's honestly pretty impressive he's been able to have those numbers considering the Bears are still a very low-volume passing attack. So I think he's a fringe play, obviously not someone who I love in my lineup, but at this point in the season, you could do worse than Darnell Mooney where, you know, like early on in the season, he was like someone who wasn't even rosterable. And then sitting Chase Claypool as the Bears, probably number two wide receiver moving forward. Then we have the Jaguars taking on the Chiefs. For the Jaguars, Christian Kirk continues to look like a very strong wide receiver two, probably somewhere in that like wide receiver 18 to wide receiver 22, 24 range, sitting Marvin Jones, sitting Zay Jones. Then for the Chiefs, we got to continue to fire up Juju Smith-Schuster as their number one. And then I kind of was going back and forth on this one, talked about McCall Hardman as a waiver wire pickup. I was saying in that video, you know, he's put together, I believe it's four back to back to back to back solid games. And I was saying, you know, like maybe he won't even be a fringe option for me. I think it's fair to put him here. You know, the volume isn't crazy. He kind of seems like a boomer bust player, but they continue to get him opportunities where he can have big plays, whether it's in the air or on the ground. So I think he's a fringe play moving forward. Also a decent matchup here against the Jaguars, but I mean, really the Chiefs offense can put up big games against anyone. And then sitting MVS and Kadarius Toney, I'll be interested to see if Toney continues to get more and more involved. I think he will. Maybe that actually eats into McCole Hardman's opportunities, but that's something we're just going to have to monitor moving forward. Now looking at the Browns taking on the Dolphins, for the Browns, we continue to fire up Amari Cooper as a very strong play 
and then sitting Donovan Peoples-Jones. For the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. I mean, at this point, they're probably both locked in top six wide receivers weekly. Maybe that's a little high for Waddle, but they just continue to produce week after week. Then we have the Texans taking on the Giants. Honestly, a pretty ugly wide receiver matchup here. For the Texans, I guess Brandon Cooks is a fringe play. I believe he has returned to the team. He hadn't been great before. You know, he took his break after not getting traded. So I think he's like a back-end wide receiver three, sitting Chris Moore, sitting Nico Collins. For the Giants, it hurts to have my guy Wondell Robinson as a sit. I do still believe in him rest of season, but I just don't think it'd be fair to uh, list him as a fringe after the uh, down game he's coming off of. Maybe, you know, in the bye week, he was able to emerge a little bit, will be able to operate as the number one rest of season. I do think that's possible, but I just want to see it for a week before I, you know, list him as a fringe or a start. Then we have the Saints taking on the Steelers, starting Chris Olave, very confident in him as a weekly wide receiver too. And then for the Steelers, I think Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are going to benefit from the Chase Claypool trade. You know, we kind of had this like three-headed wide receiver room in an offense that didn't have a ton of passing volume. So I think Deontay definitely gets a bump. And then I think Pickens is probably more of a locked-in wide receiver three. And I think, uh, honestly, Pickens could also become just a reliable start rest of season. Now he's a fringe, but he could definitely improve on that moving forward. Then we've got the Broncos taking on the Titans. And it's always so tough to navigate this uh, Broncos passing attack. Like we have Sutton, we have Judy, they're so inconsistent. You know, one week it's Judy, the next week it's Sutton. Sutton started off hot. Judy's been better the last two weeks. I just ended up going with both of these players as fringe options. Like, I don't know if we're trusting these two as top 24 wide receivers. They're probably more in that like 26 to 30 range. We'll see where they actually fall in when I do do my weekly rankings, but they're going to be fringe options for now. Then for the Titans, just horrific wide receiver production. I guess, you know, Robert Woods makes the graphic, but definitely a sit. I'd like to see Traylon Burks back. Not sure, you know, how he's doing in his uh, progress to come back. Not that he's going to be super fantasy relevant, but it would just give him something, you know, on offense. And he'd likely step back into a, you know, starting role. Then we have the Colts taking on the Raiders. For the Colts, just a lot going on here with this team. I don't think we can be loving Michael Pittman. I'm still going to list him as a start. He's probably going to be a back-end wide receiver two, maybe high-end wide receiver three at this point and then sitting Pierce and Campbell. Those guys were giving you some decent production when Matt Ryan was quarterback, but with Ellinger coming in, the offensive line just being terrible, they're just not you know getting it done right now at this point. For the Raiders, Devontae Adams had a huge bounce back game. I think he was targeted like 17 times. He's obviously a high-end wide receiver one. And then sitting Hunter Renfro, who's been wildly disappointing, and then also sitting Mac Hollins. That leads us into the Cowboys taking on the Packers. For the Cowboys, I feel like it's pretty clear. Firing up C.D. Lamb as a very strong start and then sitting Michael Gallup. I do like Gallup rest of season, but in terms of like being startable this week, definitely not. And then for the Packers, I feel like this is uh, the time where I'm going to be formally taking my L on Alan Lazard. He's someone I was not high on coming into the season. He was someone that I was not high on early on in the season. Pretty sure I talked about him as a sell-high option at least once. It might have been twice, honestly, in my uh, sell high videos. I do think he's been a little touchdown dependent, but I mean, even if he wasn't like a little touchdown dependent, his production has still been very strong, averaging 14.7 points per game, 7.3 targets per game. His consistency has been impressive, double digit points in his last six games. So I think he's a locked in strong start moving forward. 
We've got Romeo Dobbs with a high ankle sprain. This Packers wide receiver core just can't stay healthy. And Lazard is really like the only option Rodgers has at this point, And he continues to produce for fantasy. In a divisional matchup, we have the Cardinals taking on the Rams. And obviously, we're going to be firing up the two studs, Hopkins and Cooper Cup. But then for the Cardinals, I actually also like Rondell Moore as a start. His usage has been very strong since returning from injury. He had a 91% raw participation this past week. He has double-digit points in four of the last five weeks, and he's averaging 11.7 points per game on the season. I think he's someone who's definitely trending up at this point, you know, until uh, Marquise Brown returns. So I think he's a start sitting Allen Robinson. Just nothing going on here with A-Rob. And then we have on Sunday Night Football, the Chargers taking on the 49ers. For Josh Palmer, I think he's a very strong start. If I had to take a shot here, I don't think Keenan Allen's going to play. You know, he wasn't even like a game time decision last week. I think this is just something that's going to continue to linger. So in that case, Josh Palmer is a great play. Had a 98% raw participation, targeted 10 times, caught eight of them for 106 yards. So he's a great option. Sitting DeAndre Carter, who was operating as the number two, but Palmer's the uh, wide receiver I want to own there. And then for the 49ers, Debo Samuel, definitely a start. And then I think Brandon Ayuk has kind of earned the uh, start designation here also. Very impressive over the last few weeks. And then Monday Night Football, the Commanders taking on the Eagles. For the Commanders, I have Terry McLaurin as a start, Curtis Samuel as a fringe play. Now we do actually have Curtis Samuel coming off of the bigger game. But when we're looking at that, you know, he had the one huge long touchdown where the ref basically trucked the uh, Viking safety. So he's, you know, that play away from not happening to having a very disappointing game. Obviously it happened, the points count, but McLaurin definitely seems like the more reliable weekly option when Taylor Heineke is the quarterback. And then for the Eagles, A.J. Brown, obviously a locked in start. And then for Devonta Smith, he's definitely, you know, low floor week to week. He's going to have some decent games, but he also is going to give you like some two for 20s in there. So I think he's a fringe play. He's definitely not someone at this point where, you know, you feel obligated to start him. But if he's your number three, your flex, you don't feel terrible about it. But that is going to wrap it up for every single week 10 matchup. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button. The running back start sits are already posted. Yesterday, I went through some buy low trade targets, some sell high trade targets, some waiver wire targets, just a ton of videos up if you guys have not seen all of those. Thank you guys for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.